Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer on a Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Tuesday. 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out with our guy, Paul Brettel, Dairyland Express, and the Packer Wire. Follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. And don't forget, we are broadcasting live from the Wendy's studios. When the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's. They beat the Pelicans last night, which means that you win today. A free Frosty within 24 hours at participating Wisconsin Wendy's. Don't forget, check out that Peppermint Frosty. So, so good. Paul well, let's first start off, uh, obviously, talking about this Packers victory uh, against the Rams, which is something in all of itself. Now, again, they didn't get the 30 points or whatever that everybody was talking about uh, coming into this game. But still, 24 points is still not bad. Holding them to 12 points, obviously a good thing, too. But I think the story of this game, and there's probably many stories, but Keyshawn Nixon, man, I mean, this dude's been on the roster, and you're playing Amari Rodgers, and this... I mean, explain it to me. Like, how how do you miss this badly at the beginning of the year? That's a that's a great question, and one that I think we're all wondering about. He is he's absolutely electric with the ball in his hands, and Aaron Rodgers had high praise for him after the Bears game, and he had more of it following the the uh, this game here this uh, yesterday, saying that in his 18 years with the Green Bay Packers, he does not recall at any point a an opposing kicker kicking away from a Green Bay Packers return man. That's how the Rams opened up the second half. So some very high praise there. And then Matt LaFleur was asked about Nixon as well and said he didn't really have a good answer. They just early on in the season didn't know what they had in him uh, and what he could bring because he's been uh, electric, as I said, on the kick return, on the punt return. Every time the ball is in his hands, it feels like something big is going to happen. And then on top of that, he played 100% of the defensive snaps uh, against the Rams as well. And he's held up well in the slot and more so than what Savage has done. He's provided stability. If we look back at a lot of the miscommunications that happened throughout the season, oftentimes Darnell Savage was in the middle of it. Now, without being in the locker room, in the film room, was it always on him? We may never know that answer, but we do know he was oftentimes around it. Nixon has provided stability and shown that he's a willing packer as well defensively. I, I like to give Brian Gutekunst credit, and I suppose you have to because he's the general manager for Nixon, but I feel like a majority of this goes to Rich Bisaccia for bringing Nixon in. Yeah, he was 100% a Rich Bisaccia guy. Nixon had spent his career prior to Green Bay uh, strictly with Las Vegas, but also in question as well as that extra time that he had there with Bisaccia, one would think that Bisaccia might have more insight into his ability as a return man. But again, that went you know, uncovered for much of the season until they absolutely forced themselves into moving on from Amari Rodgers. Almost like he should have been stomping on the table to get his guy out there and giving him an opportunity to return kicks. Unless when he came in, he was told by the Packers front office, listen, Amari Rodgers is a third-round pick. He's returning kicks until further notice. And that may be what happened, and he just shut up and followed orders, and that's kind of how the whole thing played out. If you look at this draft class for this Green Bay Packers team, 
it could turn out to be one of the best Packers draft classes ever. Now, again, it's year one. We haven't even completed the full season. But it looked like a guy like Quay Walker, Devontae White, looks like he took some snaps away from Dean Lowry. Just those two guys on the defensive side of the ball, as the season have go- has gone on, both of them have started to get better and better. And now you're starting to see, I think, better reaction maybe from Quay Walker here as the season has gone on as well. Yeah, I think with Quay, we're seeing more confidence specifically in the run game and in diagnosing what's taking place, improve run fits, because we know he has the athleticism, the, the playmaking ability to make those plays. And we saw more of that on display uh, last night against the Rams and just in general over these past few weeks. Devontae Wyatt, again, he's someone who's flashed when given the opportunities. J.J. Nigbari continues to make plays oh, as well now as a, yeah. as, as a full-time starter with yeah. Rashawn Gary's sideline. Uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom being able to step in at left tackle or really any position wherever they put him and doing so with short rest. I mean, this is the one game that comes to mind for me where he actually had a full week to prepare knowing where he was specifically going to be along the offensive line. So this has been an impressive draft class, and the Packers absolutely needed it because as we look back at some of the more recent ones, there's been some hits there, but in terms of getting several key contributors out of recent draft picks. That's where the Packers have struggled a little bit. And you got to think now here at some point, safety is going to have to be addressed again because Amos isn't getting any younger. We talked about Savage and his inability uh, to play no matter where they've tried to play him. That may be a position where they may look uh, in the draft again to try and go fix. I'm not sure if it's a first rounder, but I would think they probably look to draft it at, uh, to address it at some point. I think they absolutely have to. And I, I, I will, I will say right now I would expect it to be a top 100 pick because as we look ahead to next season, uh, the only safety under contract right now is Darnell Savage, who's on a one-year deal. And as we've seen, as we've talked about, he's not someone that you can lean on no. long-term. Adrian Amos is a free agent. And then Tariq Carpenter, a seventh-round rookie from this year, who's been a special teams player. It's just him and Savage under contract. Now, based on what we've seen, one would think or hope, I should say, that Rudy Ford can come right. back. But safety is absolutely a position that they have to address in next year's draft. And it's one that I thought that they would tackle in the 2022 draft. And I'll add this as well. Up there with the safety position is tight end because Josiah DeGora, he's the only tight end under contract next season. As we know, he's more of an H-back, so not even that traditional tight end. So they have a few positions like that that are going to be massive needs. Uh, We could throw interior defensive line in there once again with Lowry, Reed heading to free agency. So all those are needs, you know, in addition to you know, probably bringing in a veteran receiver, adding to that position as well. I want to get more into this Packers-Rams game. Packers went 24-12 uh, to 12 over the Rams. And there was a, a situation in this game where they throw, I think it was six straight times, something like that, going down the field. They get to a fourth and three in the red zone. And they hand the ball off to A.J. Dillon, and then they hand it off a couple more times, and he scores. And I swear to God, I- I've watched the Packers my whole life. I-, I don't know the last time I've seen a Packer team do it that way on a fourth and three to hand it off and then continue to hand it off. If you go back to the Brett Favre era and with the Rodgers era, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, nine out of ten times of those next three plays, probably two of them are going to be throws. Very rarely have you ever seen something like we saw tonight with the Packers, I should say last night with the Packers. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was a play as well that I took note of because I, I didn't expect that either. And the, the Packers run pass mix was one of the big things that I had my eyes on going into that game. Uh, reason being Rams have one of the top run defenses in the NFL. Obviously, Aaron Donald helps that. But even without him this season, they've, they've still been pretty stout up front uh, in, in that regard. And when the Packers have had to lean solely on the passing game, they've struggled this season. And that's happened even 
during this this emergence of Christian Watson. So if we look at the Eagles, Cowboys, Bears games where they all scored 28-plus points, in those games, Jones and Dillon combined for over 400 rushing yards, over five yards per carry. In the game against Tennessee where they only put up 17, Jones and Dillon uh, totaled less than 70 rushing yards, barely over three yards per rush. Against Detroit where they put up nine points, Jones and Dillon again had less than 60 yards, didn't even reach three yards per carry. So the run game has been tied to their success on offense with you know, in terms of putting up points, even with the emergence of Christian Watson, which has certainly helped. I'm not downplaying that by any means. So when you go up against the Rams defense, it's really good against the run, susceptible week in the secondary. I was wondering, is was this going to be a pass-happy game for, from the Green Bay Packers, something they struggled with this season? But it wasn't. They were very balanced throughout the game. Uh, they did get into shotgun four or five wide. You know, during the during the second quarter in particular, but even even so, on that drive, they still managed to hand the ball off. So I think that that was a big key to their success and being able to stick with that balanced attack, especially with the Rams playing cover two for pretty much the whole game. Yeah. They were trying to take the big play away, and one of the weaknesses of cover two defenses, as we all know, is running the ball. So the Green Bay Packers did a great job taking advantage of that. I, I got another question. You were there, obviously. So what's going on with Robert Tunyon? I mean, last week uh, against the Bears, again, a win. He had two targets. He only had two targets this week. He had three targets uh, against Philadelphia. I mean, this is a guy who had, what, 12 targets against the Jets earlier in the year, seven targets in another game against Tampa Bay. What's happened between him and Rodgers? Because I really thought this was going to be a guy that we're really kind of bust out here, getting ready to go into free agency. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. For one, he's never been like overly dynamic with the ball in his hands, but he just he just doesn't look the same as he did in that 2020 season, catching those passes down the seam you know, when he had the 11 touchdown performance. But I also think it's uh, to a degree how the Green Bay Packers are using him. His average depth of target this season is only about five or six yards. So he's he's almost like I feel like he's a safety blanket because he's still very high up on the team in terms of targets, but he's he's there as kind of an outlet for Aaron Rodgers. And in part, as we look back early on through the middle of the season when the offensive line was going through all their movement, all their injuries, he and the other tight ends were used quite a bit to help protect in line, having to chip. So that of course affects their ability to get into their routes uh, earlier. But I think it's a combination of he just he just hasn't looked the same with the ball in his hands, and then where how the Green Bay Packers are using him and where he's being targeted on the field because it's oftentimes around the line of scrimmage where he's expected to make uh, a guy or two miss, and that's just not his game. Last one: Do you have any more confidence in this Packers team being able to go and win in Miami now than you did before this game uh, between the Packers and the Rams? Uh, I would say not a ton. I think they did what they had to do against I'll be honest it's, it's a not very good Rams team right. I mean this is a this is a Rams offense that you know we t- just talked about the Packers being beat up along the offensive line you know they've experienced it worse uh, last week when they played Vegas that was only the or that was the first time all season where they had the same starting five back-to-back weeks the run game has really struggled you know Baker Mayfield he's he's only been in Los Angeles for two weeks maybe they're depleted at the receiver position they were without Aaron Donald on defense what they did, what they should have done. They, they for the most part controlled the game against an inferior opponent, and that's what you want to see. Now, going against the Dolphins team, I guess good news they're struggling as well. But one thing I'm really concerned about is that that explosive offense, that Shanahan-esque offense, going up against uh, Joe Barry's defense. That's at least at this point before we start looking too far ahead where my initial concerns lie. My initial concern uh, lies with Rajul Douglas at this point because yes, he'll make an interception time and again, but he is slow. 
And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, somebody's got to cover Waddle. Somebody's got to cover Tyreek Hill. And yeah, you've got two safeties back there. But yeah, that that's my concern. I, I just don't know. And the one good thing I think for the Packers is if you can get the run established, you can keep that offense off the field and limit how many times they have the, the football in their possession. And you know, that's probably your best chance. Paul Brettel, thanks so much for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. Writes for Dairyland Express and, of course, the Packers Wire as well. He was covering the game at Lambeau Field. Paul, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sparky. Thanks so much to Paul Brettel for joining us. Don't forget, on a Lambeau Tobacco Green and Gold Tuesday, make sure to uh, keep your eyes open for the latest Curd and Long podcast with Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight and myself. We do three editions each and every week. Normally record Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Normally posted by about 5 p.m. each day, and then all the cuts and everything posted by the next morning by the time you wake up. Always want to download those, whether it be on Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Apple, or Spotify. They're available at all of those locations. Now, with it being a Packer Monday night game, it'll be loaded uh, coming up Tuesday afternoon by 5 p.m. will be the first podcast of the week. So make sure to check that out. Tell your friends, tell your family members, curd and long. Get it? Like third and long, curd and long cheese. Yeah, other people made up the name for us. But either way, it works. Curd and long. Download it today. And, of course, uh, always keep it here to 1250amthefan.com or your Odyssey app for all the different interviews that I do throughout the course of the week, whether it be Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, Packer interviews, Marquette interviews. Always doing interviews throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Check your Odyssey app or 1250amthefan.com each day, and you'll see the newest interview uh, up on the website or on your app. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Toodles. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.